Triple F Podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Tasha G. She is a social media consultant and meditation creator. She holds four master's degrees as a creative thinker and published a novel in 2006 on a book on meditation. She recently released a new book as well. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation about meditation, mindfulness, social media marketing, etc. with Taisha G. So today we're sitting down with Taisha G. How are you today? Well, really? I'm excited. You know, I'm in Chicago. You're in Paris. We're doing an international podcast, so this is pretty exciting. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. Uh, well, I and originally I'm a translator. You can see uh, I speak three languages and have four masters degrees in different areas in communications, media, etc. And about maybe 60 years ago, I discovered that meditation can change how we feel and all the sorts of emotions. And so slowly I started to do meditations myself because in the beginning it was a guide for me, actually a psychologist. And I discovered how it works and actually I started to make the meditation sessions myself and after a while I started to do it on YouTube and finally I during the confinement here the lockdowns here I found out that people might mm, wanted me to explain a little bit my form of meditation because the real problem for a lot of people is when you ask them if they do meditation of course I do but I don't have time don't yeah. have much time. I don't know if you do meditations. It's wild because I think that's why we're such good friends, right? We you know know each other for a couple of years over the internet, and I work really hard, and I you know appreciate that. And there's times where I get stressed out, and I'll just pop up one of your videos on my computer screen, and then just like relax for like one to two minutes, and it changes my mood, it changes my focus, everything. And you know, I know people always say I don't have time for stuff, and the obvious retort is always you make time for what's important, but you still have to make the decision to do that, <laughs> you know? And so what, what's kind of your way of coaching people of, you know, making the decision to make time to actually do stuff like meditation, etc. Actually, I don't uh, have to encourage people to make more time because they don't have time and they cannot just make more time. It's not possible. They only have 24 hours. Like everybody only has that so much time. When I did um, think of something in my book, in the book 30, um, mini meditation, I call it mini meditations, because uh, you can integrate that to the fragments of the time you have through the day when you're going grocery shopping, for example, uh, when you're waiting 
the cashier, or in the waiting room to see a doctor. And those fragments of time, you can use it to meditation, actually. What I'm saying is that um, meditation is a way of being. It's not, like we say, it's just something else to do. If you think it's something else to do, that will just only burden you more for your time and otherwise it won't relax you. It might relax you for the minutes that you are doing it and afterwards it's just something else to add to the busy schedule. So, um, well, in the book, I gave 13 minute ways to get into meditation instantly and for those time you can just grab them and use it. So it's kind of like creating like mini habits, you're saying. So like while you're going to be doing something else, you you end up grabbing a little bit of time to do a mini meditation opposed to, oh, it's 7.30 in the morning. I need to sit here for an hour and meditate before my life gets crazy. So the opposite of that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm trying to explain that actually. When you wake up, for example, right now, and mm-hmm. uh, just wake up, you do not need to get up to do meditation to sit somewhere. After I explain, it's just to tone your brain waves to the meditative state. For example, when you just wake up instead of get up and sit somewhere to do the meditation, you are actually in the meditative state when you wake up. You can just um, think of getting to that uh, alpha waves. For example, when we just wake up, uh, what were you thinking? In the example that you can't tell me. Uh, I have 22 minutes to get ready. And then I check my phone, I'm like, I'm already ready. I'm like, oops, set my alarm 30 minutes too late. <laughs> but yeah, the first thing I did was I have to go get like a bottle of water to just drink some water and wake up. That's kind of what I do in the morning, as you can see. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us more uh, about um, the meditative state. What do you? What can you tell us more about the meditative state? The easiest way, actually, the meditative state, the shamanism, we call it the the trance state. Or when people, um, you go to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist, they try to hypnotize you. Mm-hmm. They call you the hypnotic state. Right. It's the same, the, the same trance state, or you know, when you drink too much sometimes, uh, and get into the meditative state, some people use drugs. It's just when your brain waves are in a certain frequencies, when you can access actually your subconscious mind, can modify your emotions. And if you are with a psychologist or a meditative guide or shamanic guide, some, some people, somebody else will guide you into it to modify like, your emotional garden. And once yourself you're doing meditation, you can prepare or you listen to my tapes. You can modify um, the things you want to modify in your emotional world. It's like you do your own gardening instead of somebody else is going to do that for you. And so is that kind of similar to what people say that we have like a sixth sense? Is that the sense that, um, you know, we as humans aren't really able to comprehend our sixth sense or is a meditative state not really the sixth sense? Is that, what? It, how is, what's your opinion there? About the sixth sense, actually, um, how to say, I've been into that a lot recently in my meditative meditation tapes, I don't know if anyone 
If you understand as to one thing, we are spiritual beings, and we are souls instead of bodies first. If you understand the sense that we are here in this world, we have the soul somewhere. Is what I am saying. I tell it in my book, The Love Reserve Cloud. It's like our the one soul actually we have to say, in my understanding. Somewhere we are only fragments in everybody. Because if we are separated, actually we belong to the the same magnitude cloud, or we call it God. Some people call it love. Right. And there are two uh, some psychiatrists, like Brad Weiss, he was saying about that in his book, so, so like souls like reincarnate. Mm-hmm. I think um, the sixth sense is just. How to say it? When we go back, how we were before when we were reincarnated, we have the we're spiritual beings in that dimension. And when we are in the body, we cannot. How to say Most people we are educated in the sense that as if the world is definite. I don't know if you get what. Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. What? Actually, our world is not definite, it's like a computer, like we got the quantum computer right now. And we have zero one for the programming codes. Right now for the normal computers, and for the quantum computers, you have a gray zone like zero one in one together. And that's the part of our brains, that intuitive part, that's like the quantum computer type vector imitated in the brain. And um, it's that the gray zone, that creative part, that can make us access actually other dimensions that we cannot perceive well with our human sensory organs. I like that makes sense. It definitely does, and kind of to the point too that people, it's kind of scientifically proven, right, that we only use like what, like thirteen percent of our brains or something like that. Like it's definitely some small number, so. That always, you know, I always wonder about stuff like that is like, why do we have the rest of that brain capacity and why does that matter? Because you compare that to animals, right? They're like, oh, the dolphin has the biggest brain capacity to body size or whatever, some random fact like that. It's like, we have big brains too, or like comparing us to Neanderthals who have larger brains than us, but like, if we're not using that capacity, what's it there for? And so... I always kind of wonder that, are we missing out on something very significant in using the brain? And so that's kind of what's interesting to me about your book and meditation and all that stuff, is just kind of accessing different parts of your mind that people don't normally access. Yeah, because um, there are many ways, because we all have supernatural capacities. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can perceive that. Do you think you can have supernatural capacities? I definitely think so, right? So a prime example is when someone has a feat of strength in a time of need. Let's say you and I are in a car wreck together and you're trapped under the car. For some reason, I randomly am strong enough because I'm emotionally invested to lift the car up to let you out from underneath the car. Any other day, I'd be lucky to lift like a weight off the ground, but somehow I'm lifting a car off the ground to save you because we're friends. Like, 
stuff like that, right? I think there's abilities, people have capacities of things they don't know. Or compare it to uh, the four minute mile back in the day. People just thought it wasn't possible until it was possible and it just changed their mindset. So I think, um, to answer your question, I think it's kind of like a loaded question that people just don't know what their capabilities are until they're pushed to that situation, yeah. And in human societies, there is also the education part. It can be, you know, you're educated, we're all brainwashed. I think I'm brainwashed many times, but I've watched many times clearly. Because, like, we are limited to think that the world is in the, is precise, everything is like that. You cannot consider this true or false. Like, as if you had a computer that's not a quantum computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Zero web. It's not that there is a zero web together. And people, uh, what I said in the book in my meditation, uh, take this is that if you want to have supernatural capabilities, the first thing that you need to do is to uh, allow yourself to think that it's possible to have supernatural capabilities in every one of us. Yeah. So what else is in your book besides, so you did the mini meditations, you're talking about those kind of abilities we're just talking about right now. What else is in your book? So if I was going to pick up your book today or tomorrow, what should I be expecting to read? Um, when we're explaining the book, actually, it's a very simple book to read. It's just a mini exercises, for example, I teach people how can you instantly get into meditation. Um, the meditative state, I'm going to show you one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just put one finger like in front of your nose. Mm-hmm. And if you close your eyes, that's it. Do it with me and do it very, very slowly. I can take a deep breath. So, how do you feel? Significantly more relaxed, yeah. Yeah, slow down. And I showed many exercises like that. Uh, another one, easy one, is like you fold your ear a little bit forward and just close your eyes and take a deep breath. And when you exhale, you can listen to the, the sound of your own breath very slowly. Kind of reminds me of when you're at the beach and you put a a seashell up to your ear. You can hear the ocean. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, suggest you can use maybe these small exercises very, very quickly or slow down. You're waiting for to, for, for, for to see a doctor or somewhere um, in line somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it's safe to, like, find the time to slow down. Um, really the meditative state. Awesome. And so, in addition to your book, you're also a social media guru. Tell us about that aspect of your career. <laughs> um, about social media. Uh, actually, it was uh, I was doing translation, mm-hmm. and for the translation agencies I was working for, uh, sometimes they have clients, 
because I have another master's degree in communication, mass communication, and I have a client account that needs to be, um, they need content, so they need management for their social media pages, etc. So I started doing that. And so really when I'm on it, of course, uh, actually I got my own social media accounts after that. Okay. I know exactly how to make an account bigger, how to make it more visible, etc. And maybe you can proceed that I'm very shy and then once. That's why the, our podcast, I was worried to be another time later, because uh, actually I'm a really shy person. Mm-hmm. I don't want to and so after a few years I, I had a Facebook account mm-hmm. and since when I started to have like uh, some mornings some I would just wake up with like 600, 800 imitations from my Facebook account and Whatever I'm going to do, and then Facebook. Once I have my five thousand friends from my personal account, I don't know where it was that deliberate. Um, send me emails every day and said, open the page, open the page, and so in the end, I opened the Facebook page, and that's how I get started the social media thing for myself. Yeah, and like you've been a pretty big influence on LinkedIn as well. How, what's kind of your perception of the difference of Facebook versus Instagram versus LinkedIn? Kind of how, how are those different and how are you good at all three of them? You mean um, different, the marketing uh, different social media platforms, which we have all of them. Mm-hmm. I think that it depends on people which platform you use, which one you are. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram and then a little bit on LinkedIn, Facebook. I only post like once in a while. I feel like Facebook is becoming well. So the younger generation, so obviously people younger than us, like they're not even on Facebook or Instagram anymore. They're only on TikTok and Snapchat and stuff like that. And I don't want to come off as I'm old. I just don't have like the capacity to just look at stuff for like four seconds or watch challenges all day or my friends let me know for four seconds what they're doing I'm like just tell me what's going on and that's it <laughs> just post something long term I think that's why I like your content on LinkedIn right is you share really cool stories you share interesting meditation techniques things that are like applicable that I can use later once I save them and stuff like that yeah, it's true. It is uh, more slowly. I mean, and also if you see the average age of mm-hmm. people on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, if people wanted to purchase your book, follow you on social media, what's the best way for them to follow you? Sorry. Oh, what's the best way for people to follow you on social media? Uh, where is it best to follow me on social media? Exactly, yeah. Uh, it depends what they want to see about me, if they want to, how to see it. Uh, the more uh, professional side, they can yeah. just follow me on LinkedIn. Okay. And if you just want to uh, see pictures, etc., Instagram is, is better. <laughs> because on Instagram, uh, I think 
people's mentalities are separate. Oh, if you say something on Kim, mm-hmm. uh, and on Instagram, don't feel the same. Right. Exactly. If you like that, for example, if you're on Instagram, somehow you would just say, "Ah, oh, but that's a nice picture. It's so beautiful." I feel perhaps psychologically that's perfect, acceptable. Mm-hmm. And if on LinkedIn, I feel it's like degrading my intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely do. I didn't think we were gonna go that far, but yeah, on, on LinkedIn, I pretty much only post stuff about my day job, which is like recruiting, and then on my social media for on my Instagram, that's where I post all my stuff for my podcast, upcoming fashion events, food events, etc. Um, and so I think mm-hmm. it kind of just comes down to, as you know, this really well, like what audience you're looking to attract on each one and that <laughs> your story is quite quite interesting but yeah <laughs> what, what so uh linkedin is your linkedin url and what's your instagram account it's um if you type uh, uh linkedin uh, maybe you just in google otherwise all the links on my website like my blog website and the dreams titles.com website okay. i have all the links to my Social media platforms. Perfect. I got it. I'll link that in the show notes. Okay. So, any other recommendations you have for our listeners about improving their lives around meditation and purchasing your book? For meditation? Yeah. I think we should have to say stop thinking that meditation is something to do. Mm -hmm. I can emphasize that enough because. If you ask people if they meditate, they always think something to do. It's a state of being. You just integrate that into your daily life. Don't take extra time to meditate. It's, it's not like that. And also, uh, I think I encourage people to try to... Um, I'm trying also to see that we are only in this dimension of life and we can try to meditate, develop, and accept the fact we have the capacity to have supernatural capacities, and try to meditate into it, and it's fun trying, I mean. And once we understand that we're only spiritual beings in this world, um, meditation or not, I mean, you understand it's just the being there is it's not something mysterious i try to demystify all that in my book actually awesome let's wrap with that this episode is sponsored by bites asian kitchen and tropical bar the best of times are always shared at the table superb asian food and tropical cocktails paradise also awaits you at bites We at Bites believe that food is more than merely a part of survival. It is our passion. It has the power to transcend languages, cultures, and ethnic backgrounds. Through food, we share our culture with new friends and old. We share a piece of who we are, and by coming together for meals, we try good stories while creating new ones. At Bites, we want to celebrate cultures from around the world. We've been inspired by Thailand, China, Japan, and more. We're also excited by the opportunity to continue creating new recipes. Food is always better when shared amongst friends, and that is how we shape our menu. With creative cocktails and a menu that constantly evolving, a new story awaits you at Bites. And probably me. <laughs> <laughs> Click 
Clarification, moved away from the Buddha, moved on over to the Rose Kava. You know, gotta get this body back in tip-top shape to be a male model. Please stop by and join us on Bites. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.